0: in the sky.
1: Welcome back to season three of My Mom Thinks You're Dumb. All right, well, the volume is not going to go down. I I don't know what to tell you about that. But it's probably better than me talking. You're right, George Jones. The race is on. And the race is on for me to get 10,000 downloads. Thank you so much for joining us back for season three of My Mom Thinks You're Dumb. Thanks so much, everybody, for downloading. Um, those of you who don't download, I mean, what are you doing? Because we can't get a real accurate number to uh, feed to potential sponsors. We've got, I don't know, close to 8,000 downloads. But then we have to project how many actual people listen to this based on that. So. Leave a five-star review, Uh, download this, and thank you so much for joining us today with season three, episode one. My very special guest is Coach Ben Glenn Walker. All right, all right, all right. All right, you're coming off immediately with a Matthew McConaughey vibe from, uh, uh, when women get older, but. Wait, what was it? Did girls stay the same age? I, I
0: I keep getting older, but they keep staying
1: the same. Or some, I can't remember. You know, like a total guy didn't start the clock on this. Let me go ahead and start the clock. We have a one-hour time limit on this podcast because a man, an old friend of mine, the greatest Ben Walker, yes, recorded. An episode which will be coming out much later <laughs> in this season, in four parts, a seven part series. <laughs> That's the Ken Burns of who should be on our all time NBA team. Yeah. So let
0: me
1: go ahead and start that timer, brah. I don't know why really? I say brah, but it's a good word. I say that much right now.
0: Well. The race is on, so let's get it.
1: Well, all right, we're at 60 50. Oh, gosh, this time is really cutting into it. I want to talk to you about first thing uh, 10 years ago, Oakland Athletics they were they were trash, mm-hmm. uh, mega trash, you know that, mm-hmm. but they did average 21,000 fans a game this year. They're averaging 4,000 fans a game. Your thoughts?
0: What is the difference in technology from now until – or from this point compared to 10 years ago? What did we have to do other than going to sporting events such as baseball games and the like? To pass the time. Back then baseball was a national pastime. What's the national pastime now?
1: No. Esports. NFL. NFL?
0: No, esports. You look at any kid, your your number one projection of growth for any any athletic team is kids. They're not they're not playing baseball in the numbers that they used to. They're not watching baseball in the numbers they used to. They're playing video games. Exponentially more than they were ten years ago, and
1: I well, think that's what's cutting into. Well, let me All just say this. let me just say this: uh, one year ago, I I told my son, "Don't make me go get a switch," and he got really excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, what used to be a threat is now like a
1: welcome surprise, and they don't not because they want to get spanked. He thought it was a Nintendo Switch that I was talking about, because he didn't know what a Switch was, and I failed myself as a parent.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, just hadn't been beating your your kid enough, I guess, Uh, so it might not be so bad, but yeah. I mean, think about it like this, too. We just came off a global pandemic, and people are still, you know... I had to go get my toe checked out today at the doctor, and the lady in front of me was positive for COVID, so... I was, like, discreetly squirting the hand sanitizer nonstop while I was sitting in the waiting room. So, uh, you know, I wasn't the next one to test positive.
1: No, you have to quarantine for 46 days. You know that, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't have let that out. I should have just kept it quiet and just...
1: Yeah. You're... You're. I mean, how could you come on this podcast and be... I feel like I might need to quarantine, really.
0: You might get it electronically.
1: Because we're virtually... Meeting right now, but you have been exposed, yep. and then you've exposed me and my family, so thank you so much.
0: Yep, contact trace.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, second topic, uh, one quarter. Let me just try that again because uh, just went through puberty, so <laughs> um, one quarter. One, one quarter of Major League Baseball teams are batting under 220. Um, but really, five teams in Major League Baseball are batting over 250, 250 or above. Five teams in Major League Baseball are batting 250 or above. Compared to 10 years ago, 18 teams so, over half of Major League Baseball was batting 250 or above. Today, five teams, one sixth of the teams are batting 250 or above. Your response?
0: Nobody plays small ball anymore. Everybody's about launch angle, about exit velocity. Nobody is sacrifice button anymore. The DH is, you know, Everybody's DHing. Everybody's swinging for the fences. There's no, there's no Ichiro's.
1: Oh God, there's no Ichiro's.
0: There's no just get on base, whatever you got to do. Tony Gwynn type, Wade Boggs type players anymore. They just chicks dig the long ball, and that's you know no. no. That's
1: it. I, I will not allow Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox's joke commercial or chick chicks dig long ball to be espoused as the 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 reason for this, put the ball in play. Yeah. That's why everybody's looking at their phone and gets hit by a foul ball. That's why no one is at the games. Yep. Put the ball in play. You don't have to break your laces on every swing.
0: Yeah. Jeez. I mean, really, even if they hit three or four home runs in a game, they're only getting five or six hits total as a team. You know, there's no action other than a bunch of strikeouts, two or three home runs, and that's it. So, like, by the way, is that the greatest commercial of all time? I think that might be the greatest commercial of all time.
1: No, no. The greatest commercial of all time is the uh, Larry Bird and Michael Jordan horse. uh, Horse, the horse.
0: That was that was my that that's very close. I would well,
1: remember. Um well, the bono's when he says like uh Bono's this, Bono's that, Bo oh, knows yeah, Bono's and you remember Bono's Bo no Bo, Bo doesn't know hockey and uh there's Wayne Gretzky saying like Yeah. And he's so happy, he's so happy that Bo doesn't know <laughs> hockey because there would not have been a Wayne Gretzky, right? Like No. Could you imagine that,
0: though? Bo Jackson on ice, like, just killing people into the boards. Oh, my gosh.
1: Can you imagine uh, giving uh, Matthew McConaughey a DeLorean? No, I can't imagine. It's too great. It's too great. Awesome. Let's not imagine it, okay?
0: That's our next topic, though, is the best sports commercials.
1: Oh, wow. Next next, next show. Yeah. That's not a bad one. Um, my third topic. I don't want to. I don't want to break off the uh, Michael J. Fox turning into a wolf and Teen Wolf and everybody being okay with that because that's <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. But I want to talk about the movie Rookie of the Year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Henry Rowan Gardner, who. He's pitched an entire season for the team, and the coach still can't pronounce his last name. It's Rowan Gardner, of course. Berger. Ronald Gardner. I'm like, <laughs> it's Rowan Gardner. Like, he's your ace pitcher. What do you
0: Yeah.
1: Idiot. idiot. <laughs> um but on Henry Rowan Gardner's last pitch um to a I mean come on this man's a beast up there um Henry Rowengarner looks in his glove surprisingly and finds out that his glove belonged to his mother (laughs) remember yeah yeah and she's like oh you found it of all the times to find it (laughs) and then she just mouths like throw Mm. it under throw it underhanded yeah Yeah, (laughs) there's so much wrong with this yeah like how dare you woman like you didn't know he was about to slip on that ball and (laughs) lose his uh ability to throw 105 miles an hour um but throw it underhanded yeah that's an illegal pitch yeah he floats it not just underhanded but the backhanded in your hand? Yeah, reverse. With, yeah, with the with, – and this guy's, like, there's dripping sawdust. All, <laughs> you remember Yeah, he's, he's, he's in the, the sawdust. Back. Ringing it. yeah. Yep. The handle of the bat is being ground into literal dust in front of us, and he's licking all parts of his lips. <laughs> Like salivating about like, oh, this is a juicy steak. And he swings and misses. So much is wrong with this. Please mm-hmm. get into it. I mean, like, it's an illegal pitch. I mean, right? Like, it's such an you illegal You can't pitch. do that. But it's illegal. Did that
0: movie not make you as a sports playing, probably sports crazed, preteen? Not want to just break your arm and
1: I broke my collarbone four times. Oh well,
0: see, I've only broken legs, and it was like I thought for sure
1: if I could just. Oh, oh, that, sounded, that sounded like a like a bully thing. Like I've only broken. You you broken your broke my leg? You broken your own legs? Okay,
0: leg. I only broke one leg. I just broke it a couple times. My own. But, uh, yeah, like, two things that I remember most about that movie
1: is, number one, she said – Hold on, hold on let, me, let me stop you right there. Was it like a Riggs thing when, you know, in Lethal Weapon, when he would uh, separate his shoulder? Was did you, you didn't break your own leg on purpose, right? No, no.
0: I, I had a shop ladder fall on my leg one time, and then I, I jumped up and landed in a hole. And then I jumped up and landed on another guy's foot. So three, three times. Yeah. Three times. But so the two things that stand out most to me about that movie was number one, when he discovers his powerful ligament thing by punching the doctor in the nose and the doctor says funky, butt loving. Yeah. Think about what that doctor is actually accusing that kid of doing there saying that he loves butts. Secondly, the mom says float it. She called that her floater pitch. It, it would basically be like, what do you call it? A, a, an Ephus pitch? You know what the the, the, who was it?
1: Was it? Pitch was famous for it, but uh, he did deliver the Ephus pitch yeah. overhand because yeah. that is a legal pitch. Exactly. So I think
0: that's where the disconnect is, is they were thinking, okay, yeah, this is a screwball type pitch, so to speak, but, mm-hmm. it has to be delivered sidearm, or overhand, to be, a proper pitch, so, yeah, that the nonsensical, ending of that movie, was kind of like, when you're young, it makes you want to like, you know, Scream, like Michael Jordan just won the championship again. And then when you're older, you're like, what in the hell is I thinking? Why did I love this movie so much? But then again, my own kids love it. And I'm like, yeah, I love it. Throw the e pitch.
1: Yeah, up until the end, when you explain to your child, at most a submarine pitcher has the, – the reason why it's a submarine pitch is because they're tor- – and I swear, I'm so sorry – for you podcast people, because I'm actually able to video connect with my very special guest, BG Walker. But the submarine pitch is allowed to be actually kind of underhand because his torso is bent. And you know Dennis Eckersley used to get a, get away with uh, a bit of a, uh, definitely a sidearm, of course sidearm, but his sidearm was a three quarter delivery. He he just bends his torso, mm-hmm. and and the idea of a submarine, this is a straight up underhand pitch, backhand like, underhand, and even his pitching coach, who was a great in Home Alone and <laughs> Home Alone Two, is a member of the Wet Bandits but he's crazy now. He was a crazy person then. I mean, come on. Yeah.
0: Hot ice. You heat up the ice
1: cubes. I want to get so into like Mike right now because of the whole idea of if you wear his shoes, Mm. which there's no way that little Romeo would have fit in his shoes. I mean, what are we talking about here? Like so stupid. Um, but, I really felt like Rookie of the Year um, tangentially was related to actual baseball until the last pitch. And look inside your glove, float it. Yeah. Oh, God. It all falls apart there. And I cannot allow my son to watch that and not say, like, that pitch is <laughs> illegal. You <laughs> idiots. What are the odds, too? He had practiced that pitch
0: zero times in the movie. What are the odds that he's going to step up onto the mound in the night, backhand lob that baby in there for strike three and make the guy swing anyway? What are the
1: odds? Are you serious? Uh, um, uh, what are the odds of being struck by lightning while holding a candlestick? I mean, like. Exactly. It's absolutely insanity. Yeah. He didn't practice that pitch in the backyard. It's such a – not even with his mom did he practice that pitch. No. It's. Stupid.
0: No, yeah. And also
1: the stepdad saying, like, I own you. God, there's yeah. so much wrong with
0: that movie. That guy was a jerk in every movie he was ever in, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah. He's a great character actor of being a real jerk. Yeah. Uh, wanted to get back on, um, in theater, um, they call that uh. DGR. Wait. ADR. Audio automated digital automated dialogue replacement because I felt like that whole funky butt loving. I felt like they were making that for TBS or TNT or something,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but I felt like that was total ADR. Even when I saw it the first time and I didn't know the term for it because I wasn't a theater person then. Um, I'm like, Oh, funky butt loving. And I was like, Oh, what did you really say? You know, I remember like yeah. Yeah, tell him, uh, watching Die Hard on
0: TBS. Yeah, yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> what does he say on TBS?
1: Uh, what does he say? Uh,
0: Merry Christmas or something?
1: Uh, yippee-ki-yay, my French student, or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Mm, so great. <laughs> you know. You know. Hans Gruber deserved to die. You know that.
0: Oh, God, yeah.
1: But yeah. that guy that was like ripping sawdust out of the bat, I was like, yeah. "Oh, oh, oh! You just missed that last one. You know, you hit that ball foul." Didn't he have the Hulk Hogan like
0: Fu Manchu style mustache hanging down? Or Remind me. Well,
1: I quit Jake Parkman in Major League Two. Do you remember Jake Parkman? He got yeah. traded from the uh, Cleveland Indians back he's to quite, the. Sorry white flutes, of course, of course, of course, you remember Jake Barton. yeah, um his little
0: wiggle drives all the women in Cleveland crazy, and then when he comes back, his little wiggle makes everybody
1: sick <laughs> they hate oh, they hate this guy, <laughs> and I actually because of bob euchre's uh like a like a freaking uh what is it um, who's the guy that could play the flute and Kenny drove G. Everybody what Kenny G? No, no, the guy from, the mythological guy oh, that Pied Piper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because of Bobby Euchre's uh Pied Piper like uh Svengali um uh words, I, I totally believe that Jake Parkman was a jerk. I mean like yeah. uh, I, I totally bought into that, but Henry Rowan Gardner, I mean like I didn't like the kid, really. He um uh...
0: Who was it? There's a tie there somewhere, but I just lost it. Between the two movies, now I can't think of it.
1: Well, tie goes to the runner. So let's move on to number four. Also, if you do remember it, just interrupt me and we'll go back to it. All right. What was the guy's name that played the pitching coach? I'm... I remember Leo Getz. Uh I remember uh, uh Gosh from Home Alone. Daniel Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Daniel gosh Stern. I'm eating yeah. sunflower seeds. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. That whole movie's so good, but he was so good in that. I loved sitting next to my son and saying, like, oh, this movie's good. But when Henry Rowan Gardner throws that last pitch, jeez! <laughs> I was like, "No, stop watching. This is all bull crap. Why didn't he Evis pitch it? Why didn't if he had Evis pitched it, that movie is honestly it's probably a perfect movie.
0: That would be your greatest movie of all time, except for the except for the other.
1: Under- no, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't be my greatest movie of all time, but. It would have been a much better sports movie. Also, we definitely need to do a podcast. Are you writing these down? What was our first we need to do a podcast? The best sports commercials. Okay. Best sports movie. Let's just go ahead and sports commercials. God,
0: Think about all those old good commercials.
1: You remember Charles Barkley saying I'm not a role model? Yeah. Freaking great. Freaking! Remember great. him doing
0: the Right Guard commercials. He had some good Right Guard commercials.
1: Yeah,
0: we got to YouTube those when we're when we're.
1: Yeah, I, I I just leave it up to Harold. I mean, come on. <laughs> if if you can't actually hear those commercials, I mean, this it's a bag of trash. All right, the main subject of this pod, which I hope to make you laugh about. I'm so not looking forward to this. Um, Well-known, great football coach, Nick Saban. Uh Uh-oh. Who I love is, uh, for some reason, presently um, coaching football at the greatest school in the world. It is with great trepidation that I say this. At some, sometimes, he is often dumb at speaking words. Oh, gosh. If you watch uh, his interviews, he really gets ticked off at, or in his words, he gets pissed at long questions he says all right on average every sixth word um, the latest example I have is um, when he's talking about the old ball coach mr. Steve Spurrier mm. and I heard this quote, and I went to ESPN and I downloaded the actual transcript from ESPN because I could not believe that he said this. And I'm going to read the entire quote. And then as an English teacher and fan of words, I have to break down this statement. I I absolutely have to, because there's You know when he like coaches, uh, um, I mean Minka Fitzpatrick, or he he coaches, uh, you know, um, any of his, you know, five star, uh, six star, seven star, whatever,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, his first round draft picks, he have finds he has to find fault. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it's so hard for me to find fault with this guy. Cause he's the greatest recruiter. He's the greatest program builder. He's the greatest uh, uh, builder upper of uh, in game coach. Yeah, you can kind of say he's got out coached a couple times. Um, all right. This is the transcript of the quote. Oh, this is tough for me to do.
0: I'm scared
1: about Steve Spurrier. He says, "quote." His offensive teams were very well coached. Really hard to defend what he did. To be honest with you, we never had a whole lot of success against him if you really want to look at the record. He was someone that I thought was someone that I always looked up to in terms of the success that he had, the program that he ran, the things that he did the relationships that he made with his players said that. So I have the utmost respect for him and still do. <laughs> All right. First off, there's so much wrong with this. And you as a listener, obviously laughed when he spoke. All right. I just get up. Heart aches are
0: going to the inside. My tears are holding back. They're trying not to fall. My heart's out of a running.
1: You love stretch for another sake. Let me just say uh Let's start out with the beginning. His offensive teams were very well coached. Well, he didn't have offensive teams. He had a team. <laughs> uh, By that, Nick is implying that uh, he didn't care about the whole team, only the offense. Um, this is as dumb as when saying when people for four years would say, Well, Derek Mason's a great defensive coordinator. His not his jet ja- his freaking job is not to be the defensive coordinator. He's the head coach of Vanderbilt. Yep. To say his offensive team's like, what? What?
0: The dude hedged Davion Clowney when, when he was in South Carolina. You can't say he didn't care about defense. Look at some of the guys that he had at Florida playing defense. You know, the dude – the- Gilmore, Stefan
1: Gilmore. He had Stephon
0: Gilmore. Yeah. He had freaking uh, the freak, Javon Curse. I mean, come on. The dude had – he had some dudes on the defensive side of the ball.
1: No, he's straight up saying he didn't coach those guys. His offensive teams were great. It's a backhanded compliment, yeah. right? And he's inducting this guy into the whole – Nick Saban awards or what? I don't know what. Yep. I'm so upset with this quote, and then I got the transcript and I'm like, "Here was somebody that I thought was somebody." I'm like, idiot. <laughs> Ow. I don't want to. I'm sorry. I'm I'm so jumping ahead. Any anything else to add to that? Like, I hope you mentioned something
0: about. There's a key phrase in that.
1: Stop it. Stop it. Right. After he says uh, his offensive teams were very well coached, really hard to defend. He says this trademark phrase, which is a trademark for, it's a go-to for dumb people. (laughs) It implies that he was lying before, but now I'm just going to keep it real, but it doesn't actually mean anything. He says, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, this is a man that claims to have a cup of coffee and two little Debbie cupcakes every morning for breakfast. Every single morning? Are you kidding me? You never mix in a bowl of raisin bran. You never have eggs and bacon. I mean, like
0: it's always no cream pie.
1: He's repeatedly called the nil, the NOI. On I in my research, I've seen four different times he calls it the you nil, know, the NOI. Um, and he's also given. Two press conferences uh, noting the difference between the conjunction and and but when he's talking about a uh, uh, a potential NFL draft pick. He says, uh, this guy is great at this, 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 and he goes to class, and he doesn't have any domestic violence things, and he has this. So he understands parts of speech. Mm-hmm. But does he really? Because, um, again, this is a guy that says all right about, or I can't say it. Can you? All right. All right. Don't need to understand this. All right. All right. Um, So he also, I noticed in several of his uh, videos, which, again, I've seen so many of, he uses the word dissipate. I, I really don't think he knows the meaning. Uh, it, it means to cause, to disappear or to, to waste or squander. Um, he uses dissipate. Almost the way that Mike Tyson used the word penultimate. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it's almost like he has toilet paper of word of the day. And there's only like seven words that have three syllables on it. And you're like, Jeez, what? All right. So second part, he says, uh, to be honest with you, we never had a whole lot of success against them. If you really want to look at the record. That's a half-truth, which is also known as a lie. But if you have Saban or um, had uh, someone that is a child explain phrases to me and say something brilliant, like, no,
0: <laughs>
1: I was telling the truth. But again, because he's a brilliant coach, I didn't look at the record. Nick, Coach Saban, I'm sorry. That was disrespectful. Coach Saban, I did look at the record. In 2010. No. Yeah. No. Vinny Garcia threw three touchdown passes to Alshon Jeffries and Marcus Lattimore. Mark Mark Ingram, and Trent Richardson, like everyone else who was in on the fix that whole freaking year, gambled and won a ton of money because we proved beating uh Michigan State in the ballgame that year 50 to 3 <laughs> and Saban uh, was pissed because Eddie Lacy ran a 70 yard uh on the fourth time we had run a halfback dive uh Eddie Lacy ran for 70 yards and scored a touchdown I'm so pissed about that year. Still, 12 years later, I'm so pissed about that. We lost to freaking Cam.
0: How does that team lose three games?
1: That Uh, team. Well, we lost to LSU because they were ridiculously stacked. Yeah. We lost to freaking Cam because of – Because he was the best player in college
0: football that year,
1: yeah. Yeah, Mark Ingram fumbled the ball through the end zone and the pick pick, pick, uh, six, whatever um. Uh, no, we're not cutting it. No, we're not cutting it. That was stupid shit. Yeah, say it. You didn't say anything wrong. Ben did say it. Uh, BG did say a bad word earlier, so I'm gonna say it. Sorry. For the second time. <clears throat> the family pod. Jeez.
0: You have to cuss when you're talking about 2010 Alabama. You just have
1: to. Gosh, mighty the talent we rolled out, man. Golly, how do we lose a game? But they did have Stephen Garcia, who was playing out of his mind. He was throwing so many dimes that game. Alshon, they did have Alshon and Mark Lattimore. Wasn't um,
0: Stephen Garcia like 20 for 21 at some point during that game?
1: He was 22 for 24.
0: 22 for 24. That's just insane. He never had a – that was the only game he was sober. In his Dude, whole
1: career. I mean, like, we, we played Ole Miss a couple times when it's like – okay, everything's right today. And, and, you know, like, you look back, and I I promise he's lost, like, he's lost, besides the first year, when we lost six. And I went to the ULM game. I don't want to talk about it, But we lost six that year. But he's lost, like, 20 games in the last 14 years. And (laughs) I can go in and say, like, no, there's no way we should have lost that game. Mm-hmm. It's insane what we're reeling off, of, and I totally respect Saban. All right, so um, we lost. He lost. I mean, Coach Saban lost. It's uh, brilliant. He's a brilliant coach. Um, his he he's played against Coach Barry four times. Uh, in 2010, we lost South Carolina. Lost to Alabama. No, I'm sorry. South Carolina beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. Of course. In 2009, of course, Alabama rolled South Carolina.
0: That was Mark Ingram's Heisman uh, game.
1: Yeah. In 2001, he was the coach of LSU, which, I mean, Jerry DiNardo was so great. <laughs> he was the greatest coach in, Al- in LSU's history, according to every Alabama fan, <laughs> because he was such a bad coach. Uh, But he was there before Saban, so it took Saban a while to get amazing players to play at LSU. So in 2001, Florida rolled LSU. And the fourth game is in 2000 when Florida rolled LSU because LSU was a garbage team that Jared Inardo had just left, and Florida was Florida. Mm Mm-hmm. So they played four times, and it's like, if you look at the record, he's such a great coach. I mean, like, really, is he? Yeah, he is. He is a great coach. Steve Spurrier, there's no, I mean, like.
0: Yeah.
1: What are you talking about? I mean, Steve Spurrier's a great coach. But to say, like, if you look at our record against each other, no, you don't have to look at our record against each other. Everybody knows. Look at his record. Mm -hmm.
0: Look who he played. Coached against in that record, you know that you you get his strength of record and compare it to your strength of record. You don't compare head to head because if you took if you let Nick Saban coach two thousand Florida and you let Steve Spurrier coach two thousand LSU, the results going
1: to be the same. Yeah, if you take this apple, let's take this Granny Smith apple and you compare it to the Satsuma orange. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. That's a weird comparison. I mean, what are we talking about here? One's an apple, one's an orange. It's just how it is. Uh, He could have said Steve Spurrier took Duke to an ACC championship. Enough said.
0: Yeah.
1: Enough said. And he took a reeling Florida team that had been on suspension nine times in the 80s and never won crap and became dominant. As Florida. I mean, like, what are we talking about here, man? Like, he's no doubt, a great coach. but he
0: took South Carolina from an 0-11 season, Lou Holtz last year, to the SEC championship game in two years.
1: I love it when Lou Holtz – I love it when Lou Holtz comments on football. Yeah. And you're, are you kidding me, man? Come on. Here – Here – yeah 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 that was my my, honestly that was my Lou Holtz impersonation (laughs) hey it was more intelligible yeah um all right so the second line of the statement this is hard for me to say because I love coach Saban so much he was someone that I thought was someone That I always looked up to.
0: (laughs) Now, I know I'm no English major, but should you say that someone is someone who does something like?
1: Well, Coach Saban is very short. So the old ball coach is someone that Saban would actually have to look up to. I mean, in, in terms of height, but come on. How stupid is the first part of the sentence, though? Um, Hmm. He was someone that I thought was someone. But he does this so many times. Also, in this clip, he said five times, all right. Um, In terms of he was someone that I always looked up. He was someone that I thought was someone.
0: He was someone implies that it's a fact. And then he implies that it's his opinion because he thought, right? Is that what he's doing there? It's a fact fact that he was someone, but then he makes it his opinion when he says that I thought was someone. Isn't that what he's doing? He's like saying, okay, it's a fact. Well, wait a minute. No, no, no. Just kidding. It's an
1: opinion. Maybe he's going meta on it like like, yeah he was someone but yeah yeah also yeah, I thought he was someone I mean, also I thought he <laughs> was someone maybe he's going deep on this maybe, maybe, it's, like,
0: maybe it's because he thought he was someone is why he became someone
1: <laughs> and it's, it's so meta and he took the red pill everyone knows that <laughs> Next part of the statement. In terms of success that he had, the program that he ran, the things that he did, the relationships that he made with his players. All right. Let's break down this part of the statement. In terms of success that he had, yeah, no crap. yeah, he was at Florida, which wasn't as good as FSU or Miami. Um, the second part, the program that he ran, that means nothing hmm. at all, except yeah. that they won a lot, except for compared to FSU or Miami. The last part, um, the relationships that he went with his players. Um I mean, I, for one, have never heard anything about Spurrier having an especially close relationship with his players or, I mean, Urban Meyer swept possible murders, alleged rapes, and many other things to protect, quote unquote, his players. What are we talking about here?
0: I heard Jesse Palmer say one time on ESPN that if he ever threw an interception when he was playing for Florida, he was afraid to go back to the sideline because he knew he would get benched for uh, Doug Johnson. He's like, I just knew if I threw a pick, I would never go back in. The guy – Spurrier had no relationship with any of his players, especially the quarterbacks that he was the quarterback coach of because he didn't allow them to – all of his plays had a a go-to guy, so to speak. His plays were not really read plays. That's why his quarterbacks never made it in the NFL because they didn't know how to read plays.
1: No, you you throw it it to this guy. Yeah, it was was, was designed
0: to go to Ike Hilliard. So he threw it to Ike Hilliard. Of course. That's why it worked. The only thing that he had a relationship with was his playbook. And once people started figuring out how to defend that, he was, you know,
1: uh, well, not as. You have, to, you have to admit the pages were stuck together <laughs> from the playbook. Um, <laughs> yeah. From his own. Cut out, Harold, bud. Um, all right. Listen, hold on. Um I have so much to say, but I can't say it. <sighs> I gotta say it. I gotta say it. Um was Spray a great coach, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Of course. Yep.
1: But did he do more for his his team than any other coach? That's total lip service, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what are we talking about here?
0: Yeah. He didn't do anything. You know, you never heard about him having character development built into his program or reaching out to former players. You know, Danny Warfield got that disease. You never saw Steve Spurrier saying anything about it.
1: If you want to really say that Nick Saban is smart at speaking words. This is a man who, according to several NFL NFL players, still loves D's nuts joke. Yeah. D's nuts. That joke was old as hell (laughs) 20 years ago. Right? But
0: think about it. It's a 72-year-old man. What kind of jokes does seventy two year old man like?
1: These nuts jokes.
0: Old these nuts jokes.
1: Uh, Actually my father is seventy (laughs) two. Well You know what he loves? These nuts jokes. (laughs) No. He he's grown past those jokes. Oh good. He actually likes like knock knock jokes. It's Uh weird. Because these nuts jokes are so ancient, how dare he tell a whole fifth generation of people these nuts jokes? <laughs> and how stupid are is a child, a nineteen year old child, to say like, you know how else was going there, D's? <laughs> new coach. These nuts. <laughs> Uh oh, I mean coach Laban, I'm so sorry.
0: You know what my favorite part of that whole that whole speech is? The words he says in terms of if you could go back and listen to every audio recording he's had since he's been the coach at Alabama and see how many times he says in terms of There's not a number in the galaxy that's large enough to to find that total because that dude, that is his – everybody thinks I, you know, or they think process or this stuff. You could have the best drinking game if you drank every time you heard in terms of come out of Nick Saban's mouth.
1: Well, I did the numbers. (laughs) 6,437,842 six million four hundred and thirty seven thousand eight hundred and forty two times of in terms of, in terms but, all of right, right. Right. but all right nine million three hundred six uh, I can't re- read my writing nine million three hundred sixteen
0: thousand four hundred and thirty
1: two Wow that's all yeah he actually says all right more all right it's well, so, just easier to say. All right, last part of the phrase. And we only have six minutes left. All right. Oh, God. sorry. This part is really tough as an English teacher because this deals with tense agreements, um, having to know the tense of a verb, which my son's in fourth grade. And if he didn't know this, I would have. I, I would have a big. It's not fair.
0: He would know what a switch is.
1: My wife. Oh, I want to play uh, that game. Um, my wife and I both have our degrees in English, so maybe this is unfair. But the last part, the last part of this statement is. So I have the utmost respect for him and still do. (laughs) Yeah. Coach Saban, that is what the present tense verb have (laughs) means.
0: Yeah.
1: Dumb speaker of English, you. (laughs) You didn't say I had the utmost respect for him and still do. You said I have, which means... I I still do. Let me ask you this. Bajie Walker, do you have a job? Yes, I do. do. But do you still? I still have a job. I want to tell Coach Saban yes. You dumb person. That is what have means because it implies presently. I had a job means you don't anymore. But to say I have respect for him, and I still do, is just so dumb for a person who makes over $10 million a year. And he's so great at talking to coaches. He's so great at talking to potential recruits. He's so great at talking to his players. But this is not like a higher level English class. I mean, this stuff is like, Third grade basic stuff. I mean, it's, it's it's simple verbs, right? Like yeah,
0: yeah. I have,
1: and I still do. Crazy. I have respect, and I still do. Yeah, you said that with have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is the is the what the redundant school of redundancy?
1: How many how many people could actually fit in the school? School for ants?
0: <laughs> Zoolander.
1: All right. Last song. No, 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 no. That can't be the last song. And I don't want Harold to have to uh, deal with any kind of edits. What you got? What, what, song, what song should I go with? Uh, she thinks I still care. Is, does it need to be a George Jones song?
0: Yeah, it's got to be George Jones. Well, well Let's see. What was it?
1: No, I keep talking. What?
0: I was thinking. I had that open just a second ago. Just because I asked Yeah. A about
1: her. Is that? Yeah.
0: That's like a, that sounds like the end of a movie.
1: Hold on, what about this? She Just because I ask a friend about her. May J, join in. Just be your so life around so me so somewhere. Yeah. All right, so the one time I saw George Jones in concert, he came out with this. He came out with this. They call me No Sir Jones. All right, we gotta have a we gotta have a song to end it. We got two and a half minutes left. God, he stopped yeah. loving her today.
0: He stopped loving her today. Is my favorite George Jones song, probably. Or, yeah, he stopped loving her today. It hits you right in the feels, man.
1: Honestly, I was like 25 before somebody told me, like, yeah, she died.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was older than that. I was probably like mid 30s. It was probably five years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but when you find out, like, what? Yeah what I didn't understand the song at all
0: yep that that's a good ending
1: nope
0: nope it's about an ending
1: alright we're gonna add we're gonna we're gonna end this thing like we began it
0: the race is on I'm, I'm
1: straight Yeah. Yeah, definitely.